Hey, everybody, this is Mandy Learn with SOAR, and you are listening to The Lead In, the podcast where we explore the intersection of leadership and inclusion. I have to be able to value you. I have to be able to not look at you through the lens of what the system and norms of the culture have been, but to train my mind to say, to look at you and say, there's value in you. But I've got to ask critical questions in order to get it or to learn it or to understand it. And so I have to give not only you permission to express yourself, I have to give my myself permission to actually listen in an unfiltered way. Hey, everybody. Today, you're going to hear part two of this series on inclusive leadership, head, heart, and hands. It's another really interesting conversation between Alan Colley, SOAR's COO, and Marvin King, our head facilitator for the SOAR for Black Men Leadership Development Program. As you heard last time, we believe awareness is key to leadership. So they will continue their discussion on the head or what we need to know to be an intentional and inclusive leader. If you missed part one of the conversation, I'd recommend going back and taking a listen. In future episodes of the series, we will discuss the heart, which is what we need to feel, and the hands, which is what we need to do. And we'll use this idea of the head, the heart, and the hands as a path to explore how to be an inclusive leader and how we can engage differently moving forward in an honest and respectful way. As you know, this conversation was inspired by Marvin and Alan's many work trips driving along the interstate. So jump on in. Let's go for a ride. Today, we're going to talk about mindset and we're going to continue the discussion that we had. And if you remember, we were in the car conversation. Uh, We want to continue to let you eavesdrop on our conversation about how we do this. So uh, Marvin, mindset. Where do we leave off and what do you think we need to be talking about today? Yeah, so uh, thank you, Alan. So last week, last time we met, we uh, talked about the mindset, inclusive, inclusivity, and start where you are, right? And I think as we continue our perspective of the head, I think it's important for us to talk about um courageous curiosity and how to listen to one another. How do we participate in engaged listening? As we take this journey of inclusive leadership and DEI, I think it's important for us to talk about uh, how do we really take the steps to, um, to be curious about one another. And to create the environment for people to really develop what we have talked about is in terms of psychological safety. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I would say that one of the key elements of being courageously curious is that everyone has a story and each of those stories has significance. And what we're trying to get to when we're being courageously curious is to find what is the significance of the story that the person is telling you. And that'll play into how we have to listen differently mm-hmm. to, to get to that point. I think another key element of, of uh, courageous curiosity is being able to ask people their story mm-hmm. and not be afraid of asking them that. 
And I, I love the term that you use about giving each other permission. Mm -hmm. We gave each other permission to talk about the stories straight up, how they were, how we were affected growing up about with, with, uh, with the concept of racism and how do we even understand it and what do we do with it? But it goes much beyond just racism. It goes to the point of how do we have constructive connections with other human beings? Mm -hmm. And I think if you're curious about that, you're, you're, you've got a higher level of intention about your discussion. So you're not trying to just score points with somebody else. You're not just trying to find their weakness so you can exploit it. You're actually saying there's a greater good here and it's going to be a super positive conversation where I can understand the significance of your story and you mine. You know, Alan, I think that's a, that's a very important point. And, and the one thing that jumps out to me is what causes people not to be courageous? What causes them to maybe be apprehensive about understanding or wanting to know someone else's story. And when we talk about giving people permission, I think fundamentally it's very important for us to retrain how we think about one another uh, outside of just the systemic cultural norms of our society. I think I have to be able to value you. I have to be able to not look at you through the lens of what the system and norms of the culture have been, but to train my mind to say, to look at you and say, there's value in you, but I've got to ask critical questions in order to get it or to learn it or to understand it. And so I have to give not only you permission to express yourself, I have to give my per myself permission to actually listen in an unfiltered way, if that makes sense. And I, I think that it takes courage to, to start with self as we begin to embrace and create an environment for others to be to express their stories. Uh, and I think that's that's a facet of this uh, realm of psychological safety that I don't think many people talk about is the permission to be courageous for, with self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, excellent point. Excellent point. I think, too, that. Once you set that kind of safety net of psychological safety, if you will, that it's easier to be courageous because you're in the safe place to do it. Mm -hmm. And I know that all of us have had hesitations about whether we're going to say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing uh, that would embarrass others, but ourselves. And we don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. But when you when you're in a psychologically safe environment and you're discussing issues of background and history and uh, whatever is the topic of the moment, uh, you've got to be able to say, I can say this with impunity, basically, yeah. Yeah. that I'm not going to get, <clears throat> pardon me, attacked or, or, or somebody's going to use that data against me. Yeah. And, and I think that for the most part, it takes a, a considerable amount of vulnerability to be able to get to that point, to be able to take the risk to say, I realize there are things I don't know and to own it and to acknowledge that I might make a gaffe uh, and own that. And I think that in order to get to a place where we are exemplifying courageous curiosity, um, I, I think we have to own and give ourselves permission to to do that. And <clears throat> for the most part, you know, I have to want to know your story. 
I have to find a way to say to myself, your story is valuable and it's interesting, regardless of how different it may be, your story has meaning. And I want to know the meaning of that story. And it takes practice to do that. It, it takes it takes intentionality. It takes self-awareness. It takes um, the hard work, that, that, that hard emotional work to go through the process of saying, tell me more. What, who are you? Right. Yeah. And I think this goes back to the fact that you and I, in our work with, with uh, SOAR and inclusive leadership training, is that we start with core values. We find out who you are at the core. You find out who I am at the core. And then we go from there and we acknowledge the fact that there are reasons why your core values may or may not be similar to mine. And when they're dissimilar, what does that mean? Yeah. And I think that's a great starting point. You mentioned last time we got together that it creates the sense of intimacy or into me see, which is so important to, to say as a ground rule, I want to have intimacy with some, some issue or concern or person. And then you go about building that common ground that allows you to take those conversations deeper and deeper. You know, that's interesting, Alan. Um, I, th- I think that's true. Um, when you talk about this, understanding who you are. And I started thinking about that as it relates to this idea of courageous curiosity. And for those persons who are listening to our podcast, if, the, if there's a nugget that I'd like to share, it's, it's understanding that your story has significance. And when we as individuals understand that our stories have significance, there's something that triggers um, subconsciously that says, if I know my story has significance and I know the nuances of my story, I want to know yours. It triggers a sense of empathy, if you will. And and I know we'll talk about that uh, in in future podcasts about the heart, but these things are linked as we take this journey with our, with our listeners and helping them to understand that when we understand the value within, we can also appreciate the value in others. And I think that's a very important topic as we, as we engage the head. One of the key elements of engaged listening, and I love the term engaged listening, active listening has a bunch of techniques and everything associated with it. But I think engaged is the real word. So when you are engaged in listening, you are saying to yourself, this person's story has significance, and it's my job to understand exactly what that means to that person. And then you get to a deeper level of intimacy, which allows you to have the kinds of questioning and find the answers you're both seeking from the conversation. Absolutely. You know, Alan, uh, hearing you say that, I began to think about um, in our conversations through travels, and I started thinking about, okay, what causes me to stay engaged in you? And, you know, if there are any listeners who are listening, you, you might have that, you might have that question, what, how can I be engaged? And, and there is a phrase that I have adopted personally to stay engaged with people that I'm, that I'm talking to. And that phrase is stay in the moment. And that words, that phrase stay in the moment is a psychological trigger for me to say that that person is important. That person's story is important. 
Don't check out and think about anything else, but stay in the moment with them right now because they are important. And that's how I have, I am training myself to engage in my listening so that I exemplify being in the moment with that person to, to, to learn that person, to develop a sense of into me see so that we can, um, you know, so, so that we can engage in the, in, in the head. So that leads me to the point too, of understanding that listening is not just being silent and letting the other person speak, but rather the end goal is to have an effective dialogue and you get the effective dialogue by asking questions that draw more insights. And I think that's the, that's the, the key point that if you keep that mentally in your, your head, you're going to be able to both be civil and respectful about how you, the questions you ask and the way that you're processing that information as it's delivered back to you. And I think that's a, a, another part of psychological safety that is key. Um, the other thing I think that's extremely important, and I use these mental images too in my mind about like, okay, Marvin has something really important that he's telling me here, be in the moment, correct? I also tell myself that, and I use, usually I'll put my fingers together, kind of steeple them. And that's to say to myself, don't talk, listen. That's my physical cue that does that. That's my physical cue. And uh, I have a couple other metaphors in my mind. One is listen like a dog. I think there's a book called Listen Like a Dog. And you know how a dog always pays attention to you? You know, once you have its attention, it's fascinating that uh, they, they will listen. They look like they're listening. They look like they should be responding with a, uh, other than with a bark. Uh, so I think that's important. I tell my grandkids this too. I said, listen with your eyes. If you stay locked on to a person's eyes, you tend to stay in the moment. And I think that's, I think that combined with that this person has something to tell me and I have to discover what that is. Those are three great practices for engaged listening. Wow. I think that's, that's very good, Alan. Um, and you know, that those practical, um, kind of examples of engaged listening, I think helps us uh, tremendously. I'd like to go back to um, something that we talked about as it relates to courageous uh, curiosity and asking questions and being uh, free and giving ourselves permission to ask questions. So our listeners may not understand, may not know this, but we were traveling one time and we were going to a session and we had a participant that had dreads. Why don't you share with um, our listeners as it relates to an example of your courageous curiosity and staying locked in the conversation with engaged listening with that, with, with that particular uh, situation sure. that we encountered? Absolutely. Um, I'll never forget that situation because it was an example of me being courageously curious about the dreads. And this is a very, this is a gentleman who is super smart, uh, engineer, talented, high potential. It's got all, all the ingredients. 
and but and dressed very well and wearing dreads. So to me, I thought in in an innocent way, just to try to get to know him a little bit more, because I was kind of thrown off. You know, it's a picture of what I see versus who he really was. And uh, I wanted to know more about it. So I asked him and he said, thank you for asking that question. And uh, he said, with a remarkable insight that he said, each one of these dreads represents my relationship to my community, to me, to my family, to my extended family. They all had meaning. And I'm thinking it's just a style. And yet it really had significance back to what's the significance of the story. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a great example of not, of, 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 and I think he sensed too, that this was, I think he was glad I asked actually, when I think about that, I think he was because then he could tell his story. And I bring that up, Alan, because I think that particular illustration or example of your experience, I think sets the context of what we're talking about today. There was an area where you were unknowledgeable about an area of diversity or area of a person. You, 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 you took the risk to ask, you participated in engaged listening because you listened as it was shared with you, um, the meaning, and you came out of the situation, you know, with a strengthened relationship, a better understanding and closer to mastering this concept of of of, of courageous curiosity and engaged listening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for our listeners, it, it's sometimes it's not going to be a smooth process, but uh, or a comfortable process, but it's it's overall it's an enriching process that builds relationships, creates understanding and creates this uh, more um, inclusive environment, if you will. And so uh, I appreciate you for sharing that. Absolutely. I think the ability to, and we read this all the time where you, people feel like I'm not heard because nobody listens. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then obviously we need to listen and you can go to a lot of, how do you listen better seminars, mm -hmm. but ultimately, ultimately to me, it comes down to having that perspective that this person has something really important to tell me. I need to discover the significance of why it's that important and then bring that home to the conversation. I'll add one other thing too, that I think you've, you and I have talked about this too, in our, our drives down the, the highway of life. And that's um, the, the double Dutch uh, jumping exercise that I think you explained to me in the black community why the what's symbolic about that and you can talk about that a little bit but from the engaged listening it's like if i'm in a conversation where i'm going to jump in and i'm looking for that opportunity to jump in and then i'm going to tell my story that's not engaged listening that's not even participation really mm -hmm. it's just all about you and when you can get to the other side of that story it's really about how you connect with that other person in a way that is uh, understanding and, and, um, fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that double Dutch example is an example that we have, uh, used, uh, repeatedly in, in many of our, our sessions as it relates to communication and, and listening and how you, you envision, uh, children on the playground or in the park, 
with two jump ropes, two on e- one on each end, and there's a person in the middle trying to find their way into the conversation. And to the to 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 the outside observer, it looks like two people on the ends twirling the ropes at a high rate of speed. But what we don't understand is those persons on the ends twirling the ropes are controlling the speed in which that person will jump. And so when that person jumps into the ropes and is able to maintain the pace and the rhythm, it's because the people on the ends have let them in. And our conversations as it relates to engaged listening to the outside observer, it may look like we're twirling the ropes very fast, but when we slow down, and allow the speed to be such that someone can jump in to be seen, to be heard, to be respected for their stories to be shared. We are literally allowing them to enter into the conversation and to jump and to move at a pace that is comfortable for everyone. Well, we appreciate uh, you all today for joining us in our lead in uh, podcast today. Uh, We have had a great time today of sharing. Listen, tell us what you think, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you, but we certainly appreciate you and look forward to hearing from you soon on our next podcast as we talk about engaging the heart. Thank you so much for riding along with us today and listening to part two of this series on inclusive leadership, Head, Heart, and Hands. We hope you'll continue to think about these topics that we talked about today and even have a conversation with someone else about it. For access to links mentioned in the podcast, check out the show notes for this episode. Did you like what we talked about today? Well, here comes our shameless plug, because let's be honest, this is how we grow our podcast. Be part of the inclusive leadership movement. Subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast app. We really appreciate your feedback and support. That's a wrap. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next time for part three of Inclusive Leadership, Head, Heart, and Hands.